When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The A-List Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the A-List Podcast. We have a full house today because, as you can see, we have a special guest on the podcast, Keith Pompey, joining us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Of course, H. Rod Blakely, Gary Washburn. I'm Kwani Lunis. Again, thanks for tuning in. You know we brought you in because there's always drama in Philly. So let's just get right into it. James Harden goes on this rant about Daryl Morey. What have you heard about, from your perspective, what's Philly seeing and hearing about the situation right now? Oh, people in Philly are, like, fed up. Like, they're really fed up about this. They want, right now, some of them want James to go, some of them want Daryl to go, and some of them want both of them to go. But but, but right now, it's a bad situation. Um, Because when you look at this in Philadelphia, this is the second player in two and three summers who we who requested a trade, and in both instances, the said player was supposed to be the co-star to Joel Embiid, and they went out of here, right? So you know, you you look at this. This is a bad situation, but not only does is a player saying it, it's James Harden who's saying that about Daryl Morey, and they were supposed to be tied to the hip. So it's a bad like it's a bad situation for them to be in, and I'm here to tell you that they could be in for a long one. Like you thought the Ben Simmons stuff was bad. You know, I, I think when you see a guy like James, who is going to be a hall of famer has made his money. Like he could say, you know what? I'm done with this. And you're not going to put me in the corner and make me like beg to come back. I'm going to see how long it's going to take for y'all to trade. me. Well, here's my thing. Keith. Um, to your point, this is the second time in, in a very short period of time one of the co-stars uh, has won it out. But the star, Joel Embiid, the MVP. I mean, what's his take on all this? And and could I mean, could he be going down that same path uh, that James and, and Ben have gone down sometime in the near future? It, it could. It could. Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Like you know, a lot of people in Philadelphia. Are you know are, are are making a big deal out of it, and, and understandably so. You know what Joel did yesterday is he took his uh, processing off of his Twitter handle that was in his bio, and he took his location, the Philly location, oh, wow. off. Right that's a big now, deal. yeah, that's a big deal, and especially you know think about it. Um, doing he was out in in L.A. around summer league, and he was on you know LeBron James's you know their show, and he said. Look, I would like to win a championship in Philadelphia or anywhere else, right? And so he tried to be passive aggressive and get that out of there. But let's keep it real. What it was is it was like, look, Daryl Morey, you're on the clock. What you going to do? And then this James Harden stuff comes out. And again, look, Daryl Morey, <laughs> I'm about to do something or I'm about to add something if if you don't do something. So yeah, like Joel. And here's something else, y'all. Let's be real. The biggest, the worst kept secret is 
the New York Knicks uh, have acquired all these draft picks to get Joel Embiid. And the thing about it is, you know, like, um, you know, they used to be Joel's agency at CAA, right? This and that. So, um, so it's one of those things where they are heavily invested in getting Joel, and it could happen. I'm telling you, if if the Sixers mess this thing up, I can see Joel asking for a trade next summer. Well, what's James's problem? Like. James ain't oh, never happy. Here we go again. James, James ain't never it. happy. Waiting. <laughs> James ain't never happy. And that's my LA do. You know, Audubon Middle School. James Harden and Gary Washburn. <laughs> producing <laughs> greats. Moved to the same middle school, not at the same that's time. My guy, but that's but, what we're we went to the same middle school, James Harden. Yeah. So, but okay. So James opts in. Like, can you explain the the whole thing of the summer? Like, he was supposed to be out. He wanted Doc out. They fired Doc. Okay, they got Nick Nurse. Joel said, "You was there, I was there, Keith." That he wanted Doc back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you go get your big man and you fire the coach because James Harden's like, "Oh, we cool, we all right." Like he cool, <laughs> you know. Like, what you think of Doc Rivers? Oh. Yeah, okay, we all right. Like, they no endorsement. We all know that. So they fired Doc, they hired Nick Nurse. What was supposed to happen here? And what ended up happening? Because now, James don't trust nobody. The Sixers don't know what to do. And no one trusts James, though. No one trusts James. The Sixers ain't done nothing in the the offseason in terms of free agency. Like, they've been frozen. Like it's sort of like Miami. Miami's waiting for Dane Lillard to f- figure they figure out something how to get Dane Lillard. Philadelphia ain't adding no pieces for Embiid to be happier. Like, how did this all go wrong? You know what? I think it went wrong. It started to go wrong uh, last summer, like afterwards. Because when you look at it, the the one thing that a lot of people forget is people talk about yeah he opted in and and this and that they didn't talk to him, but people forget. You know, James Harden um, took a $15 million pay cut in order for the 76ers to go out there and get P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. King, you uh, have officially triggered Gary Washburn by bringing up that money. He has like, been ranting he, about that. Keith, you a Philly dude. Keith, you know hustle when you see hustle. God. James Hustle. Yeah, 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 James Hustle them fools talking about acting like he 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 uh Desmond Tutu or Dem- Mandela, like he he taking less money for the peoples. He gets an opt-in. It's right. You're right though. You're right though. But see, here's the thing, Gary. Here's the thing. <laughs> Typically, when you when you take less money for people and you got them thinking about it and you got more money, yeah, you doing it because you're gonna get like okay. a some more on the back end, mm-hmm. right? You under the assumption that you're going to get more on the back end. And not only that, like, I wouldn't have done it, but not only that, you know, if he would have opted in or if he wouldn't have opted out, he would have been eligible for a four-year, $233 million extension, right? Would have been out what he got in or not, but he would have been eligible for it, right? So he gives up all this money so they can go out there and get these other dudes. And now... Y'all saw how he played in game five and six. So you could say he didn't deserve it. But you at the table, when you do that, 
you ex- your expectations are I'm about to get paid. And they're like, nah, bro, you're not going to get paid. So you're a little salty about that. Now, another thing is, let's let, let's be real. So you remember when 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 Ben Simmons last year, they, yeah, we're going to trade him. We're going to trade you. You want to get out? We're going to do whatever you want. They were asking for everything for him. And then when Tobias Harris came out, they wanted two starters, an all-star from Cleveland and another standout starter, right, and a first-round pick. So what do you think they were asking for James? James mm. knew they weren't getting that. So it's kind of sort of like, yo, what is what are we doing here? So that's where you done messed up my money, right? Well, he messed it up because you ain't supposed to do that. They always say you get a did they put it in signature? Did right. They, they put it in writing. writing? In writing? So they so they done messed up. They didn't ask him to be Nelson Mandela. They, they didn't ask him to be Nelson Mandela. They didn't ask they didn't ask him to be Mahatma Gandhi. They didn't ask him to do that. That's that's his fault. You you I'm gonna tell you. Well, y'all better go back to that I'm middle a, school teacher that y'all both had. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say <laughs> Hey man, like I'm gonna say what they say. They're like, hey man, you fool. <laughs> not not you a fool. <laughs> man, you fool. Like I'm gonna take the A out. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> you fool, you think you you fool. Like that up. I mean just saying, like, okay, so. James is unhappy. He thinks he's 2015 James. He's not. Um, he still thinks he's a frontline top 10 player. He's not. But the Sixers need somebody, or it's it's hell. They're gonna, I mean, they're not gonna compete in the East without him. What happens now? Like, he got no trade value. And I mean, in the Clippers, Clippers are like, if you're the Clippers, Keith. Why the hell would you give up any value when this dude says he wants like you're not giving up Terrence Mann, your young uh Brandon Boston, you're not giving up young dudes. You're like you can have Robert Covington back. Keep that's your boy. Robert Covington's your boy from way back in the day. All right, Rob. <laughs> Rob. I'll let Rob. You could take Marcus Morris, Morris another another be, you would love that trade, Keith. Marcus Morris back in Philly. Oh my God. Oh my God. You, you could take Marcus Yo, no, Morris Marcus Covington and we and we might we might get you a late first round. We if we nice, we'll hook yeah. you up. Like, yeah. why would the Clippers do anything to get hardened that they don't have to? I mean, they wouldn't, and that's the problem. You know, because see, the, the thing is, and that's why I think the Sixers came out there and was like, Oh, like Woj had that report, like the Knicks were involved too. Well, I, I called some people from the Knicks. They're like, nah, partner, we don't want him. We like, what are we gonna do with James? Like, honestly, what, what are we gonna do with James? So, you know, when when that happens, you're right. They messed up the market value, and is you're not really gonna get anything with James. But see, the problem that the Sixers have, right? When you look at what Boston did, you look at what Milwaukee did, right? Other team, now Milwaukee, we know they choked in the first round, right? But Miami was a good team. Boston and Milwaukee got better, you can argue. I mean, now I know like Marcus Smart left and he was the heart and soul, but you look at it, they you can argue they got better. They got a better coaching staff, the whole nine. The Sixers, what they did, and y'all pointed to this, their best offseason move was signing the backup center, re-signing the backup center. For 26 million. 
That was their biggest move. So when you look at James Harden, you say to yourself, he ain't going to get you out of the East with the way that roster is. But if you get rid of James Harden, you don't have a point guard at all. So you definitely ain't going to get out. You might not even get out of this first round without him. So the Sixers are in a tough spot, man. And like, but at the same time, the problems with James is teams are looking at James like James came out and said, I want basketball freedom. Well, it ain't really working out for you, bro. When they giving you the ball like that, that's not working. Secondly, you, 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 you making 35.6 million. So that means we got to give up some quality players to match that salary. And you're on that. You got an expiring contract. You like the party, a whole lot of things. So it's kind of like a lot of teams don't really want that in, in their locker room. You know, now the Clippers could take it. They can handle it. But at the same time, we're not giving up any everything for him. We're not going to do it. So the Sixers have a problem, man. And I think, like, they're kind of like D if they do, D if they don't. Because I don't. I, I think if they get rid of James and they don't get the right package, they gonna, they're going to struggle. But with James, I don't see him beating the Celtics. I mean, they couldn't beat him with him. And I don't see see them beating the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a bad spot. Bad spot. I want to go back yeah. to it. I mean, keep oh. You dropped about Joel and B taking processing out of his bio. And then the fact that, you know, the motto had been for years, trust the process, trust the process. Clearly the process was not trustable this year as well. The Celtics, unfortunately, you know, swept them out of it. But what do you think is the new process for Philly right now? Like how do they bounce back from all every year? They're in the news for the wrong reasons. How does Philly regroup and figure out a way to actually be relevant in the East at this point? I don't think they can. I mean, I think like unfortunately, and and I would hate for them to do this because then is it was a waste of ten years. Mm. But their best bet may be to blow this whole thing up. Like, I mean, and you hate to see that, but I mean, you look at it. The longer this is going, you know, Joel Embiid is in his prime, but he's injury prone and he's getting older, right? And he can't do it alone. But it's also no matter who you get to play with, and I and I'm not taking a shot at him, but he's a tough player to play with because you got guys who the type of guys they want want to be the man, but you can't be the man with him. You just can't. You have to be the co-star. So whereas the type of player they want to get, he ain't coming to Philadelphia. He's just not. He's just not going to. And but you look at it, but I think they may just have to blow it up, man. They they really do because the culture is crazy. I mean, when y'all think about this, like we're talking about James Harden now. Like last summer, we were talking about them tamp getting court tampering, right? The year before that, we were talking about Ben Simmons. A couple years before that, we were talking about how <laughs> we were talking about how they traded their first round pick, and their first round pick became an All Star. And we, but we, I ain't even talking about the Jason Tatum and Markel right. folks thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, then, oh, oh, yeah. And what about this? The Twitter gate with, with, with the, uh, with Brian Colangelo. Right. So it's been like an ongoing circus, man. Like when y'all first met me, I didn't have all these gray hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, oh, you a sponsorship, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I wish. 
it would I would have one if it grew. But look, but <laughs> but it's been crazy, man. Like you know, it's, it's it's been it's been bad. I mean, and I know like in Boston they had some crazy stories, but when you think about everything that happened in Philly, it doesn't. I mean, you could write a book about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you the dog. <laughs> yeah, and you sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the, the, here's, here's the thing, Keith, that, that I, I think about. And you, you touched on it a little bit a while ago about culture. Uh, and art, other than the, the backup big man that they re-signed, probably the biggest addition was Nick Nurse. And I'm just curious, what the hell is Nick thinking right now? Because the team that I think Nick envisioned that he would be dealing with didn't have all this drama around it when he took the job. The James Harden stuff, I mean, and, and specifically James Harden, Let's assume that they can't get a deal done because I don't think they can. Uh, I don't. I just don't think it's going to be out there right away. What the hell is Nick going to do with that dude running his team? It's going to be crazy. I, I think that the best thing that could happen to Nick, unless and I, and I don't think James is going to come back excited, right, to be there. But the best thing that could happen to Nick is James just say, "I'm staying home," like and I and like I'll stay home until y'all trade me because it's going to be real disruptive, right? Like he can't do anything with them. I mean, like it's one of those things where let's let's keep it real. If he's there and he's in there, you only going to lower his value more if you ain't if you ain't if you don't play him. So it's best thing for him to stay home, right? Um, you know, but the the thing is you kind of like you feel bad for Nick until you realize he's making a, a a millions and millions of dollars like a lot of money, but at the same time you think about it on paper, on paper, like he thought you got Joel and B. We're going to do some pretty good things, this and that. Um, I can work with it. And and we 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 probably gonna go to the Eastern Conference Finals. He said that was the goal. Now you look at it and like, bruh, you, you really might turned down the Milwaukee Bucks job. Like you took your name out of the Bucks job to come here? Like, really? Like, you know, it, it just looks Looks like a bad decision, man, by Nurse. It really does. Because especially if Joel leaves, then if Joel leaves next year, he in Toronto all over again. Worse. Yeah, worse. Yeah. Wow. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long right now. When you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. I wonder how many people are going to bet on the Patriots. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com Boston. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. 21 plus in President Select States. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. <laughs> Gary's face. I'm, Gary I'm, can't get up I'm ready. Man. Just go. <laughs> we can't. Gary, hear you. We can't hear you, Gary. 
We can't hear a word coming out your mouth, Gary. It's a sign. I'm kidding. We don't. We don't hear you though. <laughs> My fault. There we what go. Is, okay. <laughs> what does? Keep that in there, editor. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> what did the Sixers think was going to happen with James? Like, isn't it like? Isn't this kind of like a "we told you so"? Like, didn't it? <laughs> Didn't people think that this wouldn't go end up end up well? Like this is James is like you said, Keith. James likes to party, right? He liked the club. He liked he liked doing the he liked he liked going where the ladies take the clothes off and all that. I told right? you. <laughs> but, you know, he goes for the chicken wings, obviously. Yeah, the I mean, lemon pepper. You know, James James ain't aging well, right? I mean, you know, you look at KD, you look at his class around the guys around it. They grown men, they got kids and families. James is like, buck that. Like, I'm still 24. Like, I'm not, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't settling down. I ain't, I ain't no kindler, gentler James Harden. I'm I'm still putting in work, right? And y'all put the middle school together. What in the world did the Sixers think was gonna happen by getting this dude in? their system. I mean, it just seems like, and as much as you're right, Keith, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to get his flowers eventually. He'll be known as one of the great scorers of this generation, one of the great players, left-handed players of this generation, one of the great, change the face of the game but because of his, I mean, now dudes can travel before they take three-point shots. Remember, I mean, he him doing that little, you know, Pink Panther, you know, tip-toe stuff, was not legal until he got there. Now everybody does it. Now they do it. James changed the game. He did. We can you can deny him. He didn't change it probably as much as Steph did. But damn it, James Harden changed the game for offensive players. Now to where he gets fouled, like all of that. He's going to get his flowers, but he's not a winner. I think we all know that. I think that's his tab. Like he ain't won nothing. He's going to go out. What did the Philly? What did Philly think was going to happen? Was he ever embraced by Philly fans? Like y- your friends, the ones with the big long beards, the ones that have, that have been Sixer fans um, since Doc, Doc got there in 1976. What do, what do they think of James Harden? And what happens when he steps on the floor? Is he going to get booed, stuff thrown at him? Like what's going to happen? Well, I'll start. I'll start off with what people think about him. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely get booed. James is different. Like James isn't like the Philly guy. Like you can go places, and we call it a Philly uniform. Like unfortunately, we all look alike. We all dress alike. We all you know stuff like that. Well, James doesn't do that. You know, James wears the. You know, y'all saw the outfits he had on in mm-hmm. the playoffs, yep. and that don't really go over well a lot of places in Philly. Like dudes is like, nah, bro. <laughs> you know, like, nah, nah, like, you know, what I mean, the beard is cool because you know, like, so people in Philly don't really like that. Um, but, but it's also one of those things where if you if you balling, then they like, oh, it's cool, it's okay, cool. Yeah. That's my, you know, let let him do what he want. We don't care. But they but they saw them struggle and they don't really like them. So I expect them to get booed. Now the thing is, the, the funny well not the funny part is everything you said is right. But the one thing I found out about the Sixers and Sixers fans and and a whole nine, a lot of stuff is like marketing. They kill it. Like, you know, like 
everybody knew that everybody who knew basketball felt like that thing with Al Horford and them wasn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like him and Embiid ain't going to work, Absolutely. right? Yeah. But but when you look at James, you say James lost a lot, but James Harden and Joel Embiid, like you just you know you know what I'm saying. So I think a lot of people got swept up in the fact that this guy was the man, but they were thinking about James Harden from a couple years ago, but they was also not realizing that this dude was taking all the shots and being a ball hog, and now he got to play with Embiid. They didn't realize it wasn't going to work. But the last thing I'm going to say is you look at it and you think like another thing, like, yo, he he did an exit strategy to get out of two spots. But then you have Daryl Morey, and you're saying he surely ain't going to do it to Daryl. Like Daryl's his guy, you know what I mean? He like he's surely not going to do it to him. So I think you have all that going on. But you're right; it just wasn't a a a, a good fit. It just wasn't. And and like you know what? Give James credit. He led the league in assists this year. He was the twenty and ten. But but at the same time. He didn't help them get past the second round, something they haven't done since 2001. Well, I just love James, just like an L.A. brother, said it, said what he said about Daryl Morey, then repeated himself. That's like, what I said. For <laughs> no those who didn't hear me, like, I, I mean, I ain't the biggest James Harden fan, but I, but I love he was just like, hold up, for those in the back. I'm gonna say this again. Gary was back in middle school. In That's like an uncle. Fool, you heard what I say? You want me to say it again? You know, like as if we James, didn't hear you the first time. James was like, <laughs> let me repeat okay. myself. Like he made a point. Like he wanted to make a point. He I, made I, it. I mean, you know, I, I hope there's a place for him. I oh. do think I do enjoy watching him play when he's on. Mm-hmm. But man, he is I'm just motivated. he is acting a fool in his last few years. I mean. I, like somebody was like, why don't they just trade him back to Brooklyn for Ben Simmons? <laughs> I probably yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Gary. What would your middle school principal say about all this? He's shaking mm. his head. He ain't he gonna take his name off the court or something like that. You know, find that man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But that, yeah, that's all I got to say. Well, that is Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Make sure you follow him on the I guess app formerly known as Twitter, Pompey on Sixers. Of course, the preseason, the Celtics will be playing the Sixers. So we'll always have you on the pod, but we appreciate you giving us some insight into probably the biggest story in the league right now. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) I I had to come off a vacation, but it's all good. (laughs) Well, hopefully you can go back. Thank you so much. (laughs) Appreciate you, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me, y'all. Thanks for having me. All right. It's always good to hear from Keith Pompey, but now let's pivot back to Boston. Gary and Sherrod, I believe you both were at the Hall of Fame festivities over the past weekend. But Gary, you had a conversation with a well-known Celtic. (laughs) Who was it? (laughs) Gary's mad at me right now because I put him on blast about Thanks for the mystery buildup, (laughs) Kwani. So uh, I talked to Jason Tatum for like 90 seconds at oh the hall. Oh, my gosh. And uh, he was showed up. He was there to support Dwayne Wade. Um, so it, he took it all in. I thought it was good for him to, to – I, I I would assume it was his first time at a ceremony. I think it was. And, you know, um, he was he was in a good – he was in good spirits. 
The one thing he really didn't want to talk about was the Marcus trade. Okay. I asked him, I said, you got some minute. He, he, I said, you got some time for me. He goes, depend on what you're going to ask me. Mm. So, uh, um, that's four time all-star talk right there. I can yeah. hear him say that too. Like, <laughs> yeah, depending on what you're going to ask. Of my time has gone up, Gary. I will it's say cold. he's become way, I like how he's become more confident in himself over the last few years. So, you know, I don't think he really wanted to talk much about in specifics, like, you know, I think he's still probably digested the Marcus trade. And I, I mean, I think he's excited. I don't think he's angry, but I think, I don't know if he wants to turn around and say, oh, I'm just so happy Porzingis is here. And I think he's still trying to figure figure things out and probably wait till they get on the court and, and figure out what to do next mm-hmm. in terms of like how they'll, how different they'll be. But, he de- you know, he gave Jalen a ring and endorsement. So it was a no brainer. Um, he's glad that he'll be playing with Jalen for years to come, that he's he glad he got his bag. And so that was, I thought, a encouraging sign for Celtic fans. I'm not saying he was supposed to say, like, what the hell? Why'd they pay him all that money or anything? But just that he called it a no-brainer and he was fully supportive. And then, you know, I asked him, well, are you thinking about next year when you get your bag? And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm not thinking about next year at all, one day at a time. Did the right things. <laughs> but he said he's excited about the season. Uh, He's looking forward to it. You know, obviously we've got, we got about what eh, six weeks before training camp starts. So he said, Hey, you know, I still got some time in my summer to enjoy my summer, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm always excited. Um, and you know, he'll be, he said he'll be ready to go. Um, and it was, I think for him was, um, I think good to be in the atmosphere around all those hall of famers, all those guys who, you know, cause he was one of the few players there. I know Chris Paul and Bam out of bio, uh, we're both there. Um, so those are the only two other two current players that I saw. Now, there might be one slip in or whatever, but it's good when I think current guys go and they take in everything and they, and they you know, uh, just see what it's like. And obviously, we're talking about it's going to be a, a long time now before, you know, Tatum retires and four years after that gets inducted because I think he's on the Hall of Fame path. Um, if he continues his career, but I think it was a good experience for him uh, to see it, and he, and he took it all in, and he had a good conversation with Ime Udoka. Uh, they were looking for each other at the at the Hall of Fame, uh, so they caught up with each other. They had a good, you know, don't five, start no trouble, Gary. Yeah, don't no, no, no. You know, it's obvious they don't. They hadn't seen each other in a while, so they had a good five minute talk. You know, I mean, you, you got. When it's over, you got like, you know, all these Hall of Famers milling around when the ceremony's over. Then you got these young kids looking for autographs. You got, you know, you got all sides of stuff going on. So it's it's hard to sit there for 15 minutes and talk to somebody and let you go to a corner or something like that. Um, but, but you're not going to do that in public anyways. So. No, no. But it was a good, like, you know, they were looking for each other. Ime was in good spirits. I talked to Ime at Summer League. He was kind of, you know, not... He was really, very, like, measured and how you doing. At the Hall of Fame, he was in very good spirits. He's obviously um, obviously moved forward and probably good to see all of his Spurs guys get into the Hall of Fame because it was kind of a Spurs night. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they had a conversation, a good conversation there. Don't know what they talked about, but obviously just catching up. Or whatever, and I think they, there's a still healthy appreciation there for Jason that has for Udoka, and obviously, let's be honest, I think Udoka still 
he understands he's not the Celtics coach anymore and he kind of blew it and he's on to another team, but he still feels probably bad. He's not coaching Jason and Jalen and, and leading it. He wasn't able to lead this team to the next step after losing in the finals his first year. So uh, yeah, good. I think it was a good experience for Jason. He seems to be in a good mental place. He's enjoying his summer. Obviously we all got six weeks left for this before this thing picks up. Um, but it was, it was, it was good to see him. And I think it was good to see when current players go and they appreciate the past and they see guys that, you know, were playing before they were born and all that. They, I think it's good for those guys to take that in. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the, the cool thing is that the relationship that these players and coaches have, particularly when they go through a run of success, never goes away. Uh, they're always going to be in some way connected with Ime because of the success that they had in that one year. And, you know, even when that relationship is tested, which clearly it was, you know, how things, you know, worked out, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, they went through hell and back with that dude and, and came with a couple wins of being the last team standing. So um, I, I think, you know, just in talking with players and, and listening to you, Gary, talk about that engagement, that's kind of how it's going to be uh, for, I think, for a long, long time between Ime and the guys on that team. Uh, and, and it should be that way. I mean, it, it's, it's you know, the NBA, uh, it, obviously it's a business at the end of the day, but there's still relationships that are baked into that business that don't just die or go stale over time. And, and Ime, the relationship he has with those Celtics guys from that team that, you know, Eastern Conference uh, champs uh, who came just short of winning an NBA title, that's always going to be uh, something that they're going to, build on and stay connected to. All right. Final thing on our agenda for this week, probably the biggest news for the Celtics right now is the fact that Chris Tapps Porzingis is out for the FIBA World Cup with a foot injury. And obviously, understandably so, fans are very much upset about it. But what is your level of concern for the fact that he can't even perform at this point right now? I'm looking for him to give him 45 maybe 50 games this year. So for him to be missing time in the summer, getting his body healthy, I'm all for that. Uh, you knew going in when you made the deal that this is a guy that is going, he is, as to me, he's the poster job for load management and why you need to have it and right. why it can literally be the difference between you getting out of the first or second round of playoffs versus winning a championship. So they're going to be overly cautious from the jump with him. Uh, the fact that he has an injury that that he, you know, uh, should be healed in time for him to be part of training camp is encouraging because I don't I don't care what he does health wise in the summer. I don't care whether he does not pick up a basketball until the first day of training camp. If he's healthy on that first day of training camp, that's all I care about. And if you're a Celtics fan, that's all you really need to be concerned about is will he be healthy at the start of training camp? Now, if this injury is one that lingers into training camp and maybe break the season, now we got a problem. But the fact that he's taking time now to shut it down so that he can hopefully be ready to roll come the start of training camp, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's a plantar fasciitis, and that just needs rest. Like, the one thing you don't want is you want him to tear it. It, but if it's irritating, you want him to stay off of it and be ready and get ice it and treat it. So I, you know, that's it. I don't think, I mean, Chris is presenting got nothing to prove with the World Cup. You know, it's nice but that he wants, they it's nice. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say all that. I'm going to say what you think. I ain't, Wait, you know, <laughs> Latvia ain't going to win nothing is what Sherrod is oh, saying. Like, uh, why would he play when yeah, he knows they're going to get smashed? Yeah. I'm not going to say that. But I think, I, it, I think it's good for him to play for his country. But I also think what, like, the Duggets did with Jamal Murray. I, I mean, um, with, he, he was going to – because Canada – really wants to make the Olympics next year. Like Canada has, has not made the Olympics, I think, since 2000. They got all these Canadian ballers and Shea Gillis-Alexander. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They got they got a load, loaded team, and they still made the Olympics. Kelly O'Linick, our friend Kelly Olenek. Mm-hmm. So Jamal was thinking about playing, but they, the Nuggets held him back. I think it's safe. You know what? Give him some rest. Let Porzingis get his summer off as, a, as opposed to playing in the World Championships. And then come on back to Boston, get your treatment, or whenever you come back to Boston, then you can start working out, ramping it up, you know, September 25th or whatever, when he'll be, when training camp kind of kicks off and those guys start kind of practicing before camp. So I think it's a smart idea. You know, you you want to make sure he's 100% when the season starts. And I think that's really, really um, important. And also, uh, you know, we, we could talk about the schedule, the what do y'all think of this playing tournament? Um, you know, the Celtics are in a group that I think they can they should be able to win pretty easily. If you look at the team, Chicago, Orlando, T- Toronto and um, the Nets. And, you know, then if they win that, they get to the semi or the quarterfinals. And then if they win that game, they get to the Vegas for the semis and the finals. So uh, we got a couple, a little sneak peek of their schedule. The schedule will come out on Thursday, the full 82 gamer. Um, some teams get 83, but um, what do you guys think of the playing tournament? Is that something that intrigues you? Uh, Sherrod looks very excited right now. Um, Sherrod looks thrilled. <laughs> uh, he can't wait. Look, what do y'all what do y'all think? Or is this is this Shrive just like the Maui classic as a Syracuse guy or the Great Alaska shootout or the Battle of Atlanta? Like it's just a tournament it's that like you for Boston College. Yeah, you don't forget about it's worse for the NBA because in those tournaments, like if you go out and you're Duke or you're Syracuse or you're Cal, maybe if they have a team, whatever, and you go to one of these tournaments you're going to be playing your best players. They're going to play. With this NBA tournament, we I think we're, we're ignoring the whole load management dynamic. Like, for example, yeah, the Celtics. Do I think Porzingis is going to play in each of these games? No. I, I think he'll miss some games. And I think when you start looking at the top teams in the NBA, they're, going, they're not going to disrupt their load management protocol for this tournament. And because of that, it's not going to have the kind of sizzle that I think the NBA is looking for. And to me, if you really, really, really want to make it so that teams are more inclined to play their best players regardless of load management, you put something beyond money on the table. Put something like, you know, uh, the winner of the tournament gets home court advantage in the NBA finals if they get there. Or something that teams look like, be like, damn, if we had that, we're going to be pretty, we're less well allowed to get this thing because if we can get that, they like five extra wins or something. Yeah, just just some, something that gives them a, oh damn, funny. She Gary, she had to go there, did she? They fed up with me. <laughs> that's that's such a Boston College would like to have five more wins. I get it. I get it. I in every, uh, <laughs> but 
just give the players some more incentive other than hey, here's a little extra tenor for you. That that's I just don't think that's going to be enough to get teams to again shift their load management protocol in a way that will allow the best players on every team to be up to suit up and play. No, I agree with you, Sherrod. And I, it, it feels like a force. I understand that this is something Silver has been wanting to implement for a while now. But as an NBA fan, like the 82 game season is already compelling enough. The playoffs are perfectly fine at this point. So why do you need to add more to their workload, especially when players are already like we talk about load management? They're already going to abuse that when they can. So like you said, what's the incentive for them to play in another game that really doesn't make that much of an impact? on their overall real goal, which is to win a championship at the end of the season. Gary, what do you think about it? I mean, I was against it, and I still think it's kind of a ridiculous idea in a sense because this isn't soccer, this isn't European soccer. But I do think if you put some emphasis on bigger regular season games, I think the fans will get into it. If you do have, you know, the Celtics playing – uh, the Lakers in the championship or the Celtics playing the Nuggets or something where you don't have teams that always play each other. You have kind of a interconference uh, matchup in that championship game in Vegas. I do think that will get some buzz. I don't know what the NBA is trying to do with this. They're offering the players, you know, the winners get $500,000. And obviously that's going to be more to Peyton Pritchard than it would be to Jason Tatum. Right. right. Um, yeah. You know, so the players are going to it's going to it's going to motivate maybe the the lesser paid players and it's going to pay, you know, motivate the players that want to make history, want to be the first to to win it. Like I was watching last night the WNBA game between Las Vegas Aces and uh, the New York Liberty, and that was their commissioner's cup. The same thing, midseason tournament kind of thing. Because remember, folks, the fans, like, there's no tournament games. These are regular season games right. that are just having tournament games. So this isn't like a – they're not playing, you know, 10 extra games or something or games that don't mean much. But the championship game, which was last night, and I watched in New York, spanked them in Vegas, and it was a good game for the, for the Liberty. You know, it was competitive. But those are also two – well, the team, the two best teams of WNBA, they're going to meet probably in the WNBA finals. So it was kind of like, well, we might as well, you know, the Liberty, we we, we want to send a message to y'all, mm-hmm. you know, Early. we want to beat y'all on your home floor. So, and if we got to win this commissioner's cup to do it, that's cool. So that was more like the rivalry. So, but it makes I sense think, for the W too. You're the, the W is still growing. People are still trying to understand. Oh, I agree. Always look like for the, I don't NBA, know. we don't, need that no i agree I don't, i'm not thrilled about it yeah. i mean well, well you know it's vegas in december you know when nfl is going on in it's it's on an nfl week the champions games are nfl weekend is that going to draw any attention are people going to still be watching nfl games on sunday it's it's a chance and i know i don't know why silver is gung-ho about this but he is and you knew it the moment he took over, he started talking about this, and everybody was like, "Man, why? Okay, <laughs> you talking crazy?" And then now in the new CBA, and I said to give some of the lesser players money. The the guys were making minimum. The Delano Bantons and those guys gonna be playing their asses off of that five hundred thousand. Because if you're making two million or three million, 
500,000, hey, that's a nice little chunk, chunk of change, right? Yeah, it covers your taxes for the year. That's a little yeah. bag. As opposed to, as opposed to guys who are making, you know, 42 million a year and it's like 500,000 is like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, all right, thanks. Thanks for this. Thanks for $5. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Okay. Uh, here you go. Here's my charity. Here you go. Uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Chicago, whatever. So <laughs> to me, I mean, I'm just trying to play, I'm trying to play optimist and play wait and see on this. I'm not crazy about the idea, but it's here. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing they can do. And the Celtics, you know what? Does it catapult their season? Does it give them something to play for early? Does it, you know, how does Missoula approach it? Because we all know Missoula likes to win. He's going to play his players at 45 minutes, you know, or like you said, Sherrod, are, are they going to be like, listen, Jason and Jalen, if you want to, and Chris Stapps, if you want to take some time off or you, you know, we don't have to try to go for this. But remember, the four games to get there is regular season games. They go, they, they're meaningless standing. So it's not like they're playing meaningless games. So, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. I don't really like the whole European soccer thing is this it's European soccer is nice, but this ain't Europe mm. and, and, and to play for such and such cup and this ain't college ball it's where you're playing for the Maui invitational or whatever. Like that's great to say that, yeah. but these are pros. These dudes are smarter than that. You know, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was good when the Battle of Atlantis or when the Great Alaska Shootout or win these tournaments, but this is pro. Well, the Battle man. of uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wani, did you just say that? I want to hear Kwani share right now. Kwani, right. did you just say that? Yes, yeah, she did. She did. I think we're nearing an end of this show because Kwani is just... Yeah. <laughs> There ain't no basketball tournaments in Montgomery, Kwani. Okay. No. No. There ain't no they no there ain't no boats that need to be moved. No, <laughs> no chairs that need no to be No folding chairs that need to be used. There's no there's no dude named Scuba Gooding Jr. swimming <laughs> over Aquaman. No Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman. <laughs> Terrence Howard's Aquaman. Oh my um, god. There was Michael B. Jordan Phelps or something. Like they had Michael like, B. Jordan Phelps. Phelps. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had I to derail it. Would have that you left yeah. me. You know, Michael B. Jordan Phelps. Like I can't. Uh, anyway, like I, I, we'll see what I'm trying. Like use, you know, some of the ideas have been good, but this whole pushing this tournament, I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Maybe in December when there's, you know, it'll be exciting, and when they, when the two teams get to Vegas, and that's it. If it's a if it's a two teams that don't play each other often, a uh, Denver and the Celtics, or mm -hmm. you know Milwaukee and the Lakers, where it's like two teams you don't see very often, I think that's a good thing. And maybe it will be the championship game will be some uh, cause some hype and have some excitement. There you have it. We'll see, Adam Silver. We'll see how your plan plays out. Any last words before we close out? Nah, yeah. just I just hope that Cal finds a home. Cal Berkeley I hope finds so too. Hopefully, home. Cal, you're in our ACC. But it ain't going to be in the ACC. We good. Thanks. Hey, let us in. Hey, He's knocking on the door. If, if you got a conference, if you got a conference open for Cal, please give me a call. Yeah. Give me an email. Let us in. We call need to play, play for 2024. Call your senator, senators and the president yes. of the United States. If you did not know, the Pac-12 is gone. Eight teams that left the 12-team conference. So, 
Uh, the Cal Bears need a place Coke. to play. We need uh, a place to play. It's not the PCC. It's the no. ACC. All right, y'all need to yeah. figure it we out. Need, we need a, we need a place. To, we need a place to play. So let us give give us a shout. If we got any ideas of of where we could play next year or where we could go and and and, and serious answers only. I know where some of us think you want us to go, but <laughs> we're not going yeah. there. And the Miac don't want you. So, yeah, exactly. Quack, Miak, none of them. You know, maybe Southland Conference. Maybe, maybe, or maybe the whack. Yeah. <laughs> Health appropriate. You should. Yeah. You should be in a whack. <laughs> Cal should be in a whack conference. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that's well, all. Until next week, hopefully, Cal will have a conference by then. For Ashrod Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani A. Lunas. This is the A-List Podcast. Thank you for listening. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.